Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. We love talking fishing on the show, but sometimes we do some off-topic type shows and we actually get great feedback on these shows. Today we're going to talk about the New York Canal System with Bill Schweitzer from the New York Canal Corporation. They're using the water in the canals to benefit the fisheries and the anglers through their Reimagine the Canals Fall Fishing Program. It's an interesting conversation that I'm sure you'll enjoy. Captain Pete Alex is co-hosting this episode. A quick note before we get into the interview, we'll be doing another live show on Thursday, May 25th at 5.30 p.m. Central, 6.30 p.m. Eastern at Lake Michigan Angler in Winthrop Harbor, Illinois. You'll be able to join the show online on the Fishhawk Electronics Facebook and YouTube pages, or you can join us in person at Lake Michigan Angler. Now, let's get to the interview with Bill Schweitzer and Pete Alex. So, Bill, you work for uh, New York Canals. I work for New York Canals, uh, the director of marketing, and uh, we run the New York State Canal System and uh, the 57 locks that make it up. Uh, it's funny, I've been listening to all the big lake talk, though. Uh, I used to have a trolling boat on Lake Champlain, okay. and I want to talk about the canals, but boy, I miss uh, I miss yeah. big lake trolling. It's uh, pretty great. I mean, a little different than the Great Lakes, but uh, it's the same thing, same thing. you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, but if I mention Lake Champlain, I might as well stay there. I'll give you like maybe two minutes on what the canal system is, and then I'll talk about our fishing program that affects Lake Ontario and a little bit of Lake Erie. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, you. Uh, so Bill just gave a, a speech on this, and again, we're at the uh, Greater Niagara Fishing and Outdoor Expo, and we've got seminar rooms connected, and you guys are just doing seminars. Pete's done seminars. You do like everybody in this building basically yep. has been doing seminars, so it's a great show if you want to learn stuff. So Bill, why don't you go ahead and just give cool. us kind of an overview? Yeah, really good. Uh, I mean, we're one of I think 220 seminars they're doing, but we also have a booth right over here. Uh, but our main job is uh, the Canal Corporation runs the Erie Canal and the New York State Canal System. It's 500 miles of uh, inland waterway, connects to Lake Ontario and Lake Erie. Uh, like the old song, it's uh, Albany to Buffalo, and it's still running. Um, there's the Champlain Canal that's 65 miles long that connects the Hudson River to Lake Champlain, and the Erie goes all the way to Buffalo, but you can go out the, to Ontario through the Oswego Canal. And then also, not too many people know this, there's a four-lock a canal called the Cayuga Seneca that connects the two bit largest finger lakes and a really great troll in there, landlocked salmon, uh, uh, lake trout. And so anyway, we're connected to finger lakes too. And all of that makes up 524 miles. Um, it's a heck of a lot of work to keep it open, but, uh, 200 years ago, it made this state what it was, you know, made uh, New York State the Empire State. And nowadays, it's more recreation, a lot of fishing, uh, tour boats. And uh, we also maintain the old towpath. The of mules pulled the barges is now a multi-use uh, trail. It's a part of the Empire State Trail, but uh, it's a canalway trail, and we, we run that too. So that's basically the canal system. And uh, But I'm here at the fishing show uh, to talk about uh, what we do with the Ontario Lake uh, tributaries. Uh, for years and years, we've really only been concentrated on navigation. I mean, we run the canal and our 
nearly 200-year-old infrastructure is, uh, you know, it's hard to manipulate. But uh, we put a program together called Reimagine the Canals, and it was kind of like thinking outside the box. What else can we do with the canal? And uh, so we are doing these regulated or more careful releases of our water in the western part of the Erie Canal. And uh, the uh, in Niagara, Orleans, and Monroe County, Sandy Creek, Oak Orchard, Johnson Creek, and uh, 18 Mile Creek, we're releasing water in them to keep the uh, like the base flows going, and we're actually extending the season, and uh, we can mimic a rain event and get them salmon to come in a little earlier. Can you, and so, can you explain that a little bit better. Yeah, like, that the the release of the water. And yeah, so so uh, the Erie Canal drains into. Uh, the Lake Ontario, the north flowing Lake Ontario tributaries, okay. right? And normally we just pulled the plug and drained it when navigation season was over. It the was canals, a, the canal, the Erie Canal. Erie right, canal. Right. You literally pull the plug on it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, just, I call it pull the just plug. drop it but, down to a certain uh, level. Right, so we, okay. uh, when our season's over late in the fall, we drain the canal to do a little ma winter maintenance. We have to fix up the locks. Uh, you know, the, all the infrastructure on the canal uh, is over a hundred years old. Um, it was, uh, the, the canal opened in 1918, so we're, we're well over 100 years. Uh, but what we started to do was the waste weirs or the gates where we drain it. It's not really a plug, it's a gate that will drain it. Um, we started talking, we got a lot of feedback from the public. And uh, if we're a little more careful and we did a little manipulation to the infrastructure, we can release the water when they need water. So if there's low, it's been a drought in that late fall, we can give them a little needed water. And then during the season, when the salmon uh, and the brown trout and the steelhead are coming in, um, we can just maintain their flows so there's a good amount of high water. So you don't have to, uh, you know, the fishermen coming from, you know, Ohio, Pennsylvania, or wherever, uh, they don't have a guess and, and hope that they get, get good, good water. We can maintain a really good elevated flow. And then new this year, uh, when we drain the canal, like I said, we're doing it in a kind of a sustained, longer period. So it's not the this big rush of water. Uh, we actually let it fill up again and we drained it again. So we ex extended the season for about two to three weeks in late November, early December. So you, you take it down from what to what was you, when you say lower, lower, basically you're going from 12 foot to four foot or, or I know it varies. Yeah, no, so, so uh, we get the, the water in the Western canal, the wet, the Western section of the Erie canal is from the Niagara river actually. Uh, so it is, we maintain 12 feet of depth for the boats for navigation so that they know they have 12 feet of draft. Uh, and it probably goes down to about two or three or four feet. That low. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, and then it, and, and it doesn't matter for us, you know, in the winter, nobody's on the water anyway. Uh, what matters is how we drain it for those tri uh, Ontario tributaries. So what tributaries does it affect? So the, the ones we're doing now, and we're looking to expand it, we're kind of going slow and learning our lesson. We got a lot of help from DEC uh, and, and other partners, uh, the guides in the area, uh, Oak Orchard, uh, uh, Tackle and Lodge, Ron Beerstein really got us really good feedback. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, Oak Orchard, Oak Orchard Creek, Sandy Creek, yep. uh, Johnson Creek, and 18 Mile Creek. Okay. Those four tributaries are getting extra water from the Erie Canal, uh, bolstered flows. As so, you, so you could basically mimic a rainstorm and suck those fish into the system absolutely when it's when it's absolutely time. yeah. Right. And if uh, and if it's a sustained rain event, we can actually hold some water back. I knew they did that at the Salmon River too. Yeah, like they were able to control that flow. You know, it's getting antsy. We've had some drought. Yeah, they can control that and get get some water moving to get those fish up, and so the anglers can yep. can access yep. those fish. Right? I mean. 
it's, it starts really with the habitat, the, the uh, giving them this extra water and maintaining like an elevated flow just makes the, the fish can come further up the stream. And like you said, if it's low water, we can kind of entice them salmon to come in because we're giving them the water uh, and it keeps them in there longer. Right. So uh, more fish, better fishing conditions. You know, hopefully we're helping out the fishery as well as helping out the fishermen. That's the plan. Uh, one more thing we're doing, too. It's called the ACE program. It's Access and Conservation Easements. Uh, we started giving all these tributaries of water. We thought we were, uh, you know, the, the, the hero. And everybody said, yeah, it's really great for the water, but there's not a lot of public access. So we're kind of um, the PFR program that DEC does. It's similar to that, and DEC is helping us. We uh, put together or we put aside a, a million and a quarter uh, dollars for the next 10 years, and we are... Um, purchasing land easements from uh, shoreside landowners and uh, for easements. DEC yeah. will control the easements, but we're trying to get a little more public access for fishing. That's exactly what our Pennsylvania Fish and Boat Commission does in, in Pennsylvania. They um, they use the Lake, Lake Erie permit dollars that are generated primarily for fishing Lake Erie and tributaries only, and there's millions of dollars in that. So they, they go around, yeah. and it's all tributaries, yep. and they try and coax the owners into either uh, signing an easement or purchasing their property yeah. uh, because of they want anglers to have access to all these fish they're stocking. Yeah. That's right. like it. We started giving good you water. Control. Yeah, I mean, we got great feedback that we were making progress and the water was great. But then everybody said, hey, you know what's the real problem around here? So we worked out with DEC. I mean, they're a fellow state agency with us, but there's only so much an agency can do. So we're following their lead and we got a little extra money and it's helping uh, the areas up there and and you know and and it's just these you know it's still the people's properties right. so is uh we'll just use 18 mile for an example yep. so you know lately we've been having these uh bluebird kind of late summer octobers so is the dec involved with the timing of you letting the water out as far as like look do they even look at the forecast we're Really, really good really question. Good so there was so much more than just, you know, I'm talking about the results of the program, right? right. Um, but there was a lot went into it. A lot. We had uh, we had a task force. We had uh, local guides, DEC, scientists, and all, all give us feedback. We did, uh, uh, through Brockport, uh, the, uh, the SUNY Brockport, we did creel studies. And we also, uh, uh, you know, uh, take the temperature of the water like none of, none of the you know we're not going to put warm water in there and cook the fish like you said so there's a lot to go into it before we do a release um, uh, it, that's an interesting side because you know i stream fish myself and you don't think about that part yep. right but you guys are thinking about it right there's yeah. a method to manage and you got all this planning and, and when to pull the plug and, yep. and why and here you got the anglers just like i there's a run at 18 mile let's go but all this behind yeah. the scenes yeah. stuff is, is it's going interesting because it's not natural yeah. Yeah. You know, in Pennsylvania, we don't have the pull the plug thing at all. Our, we have great steelhead fishing, but no one pulls the plug to ignite a run. It's, yeah. We wait on God to say, right, let the rains come and the temperatures fall, yeah. and then let the fish run. Where these guys are kind of playing that to some extent. Right? And it's and we're learning too. It's it's really we get great feedback from the fishermen, the public, the the tackle shop owners, and that. Um, you know, some of them are just like, "Where's our water?" Yeah. You know, and then others say, "Hey, I saw some cloudy water today. Does that mean you're drinking now?" Now we know 
We have a website that's dedicated to, to just the release program. And so we have them on a schedule and you can go to the website and uh, and check it out and kind of follow oh, you when we're going to do the releases. Yeah. Where, yeah. Where's that posted at? So it's on uh, the Canal Corporation website, which is canals.newyork.gov. Okay. And just there's a little button on there that says fall fishing program. And, and that's where you can find that out. It'll, it'll give you the dates you're tentatively going to yep. release that yep. water. And so you can almost plan your fishing you trip. You can plan your fishing really. trip like that. Yeah. And if Good you can't plan, I was yeah, going to yeah. see maybe like yeah. he was going to angle you for some secret information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we cover this up is the mics. Like I, I thought it was. <laughs> I was what are we going to talk about? Canals or, you know. Well, the thing is, that was part of the program. Like, first of all, it's for the fish, right? But the other thing is that, you know, being a fisherman, I did the same thing. I'm from uh, the Saratoga area, right? Uh, I'd have to drive out to Pulaski or Oswego, but you're hoping you get a good flow, you know? Um, What we're trying to do is a little more predictability where anglers don't have to guess. It's a busted trip, obviously, if if that doesn't happen. Yeah. And, and, you know, Mother Nature's not always cooperating when, you know, it was raining like crazy last fall, so we had to hold back a little bit. Um, when they need the water, we have it for them. And, uh, and then at the end of the season, we get to extend the season for a few more weeks because we drain it nice and slow. Are these, are these low water levels that we have now in Lake Ontario really impact any of this? Because it's all uh, south? A bit so it, it, yes and no. It, so that it, it, it does affect us because uh, the the canal system is made up of seven rivers and five lakes. So there's a lot of water and a lot of water flow in different ways, and uh, it's a lot of water management. So yeah. so any any difference or our mother nature or, or events really affects what we have to do, and it's a it's a constant okay. game or battle, if you will, to, sure. to run the canal system. Yeah. Sure. So you talked about working with the DEC on this, and for those of you uh, maybe from the Midwest. DC New York is essentially what we would call a DNR. Yeah. So that's that's basically what it is. But uh, who else are there? Other partners involved? Maybe some nonprofits or anything like that that you're working with on this project. So really good question. So we just started to kind of reach out to those groups, Trout Unlimited, and that. And one, kind of educating what we're trying to do, and then also saying, hey, what else can we do, or how can we do it better, or give us the feedback. more feedback we get, the better we can tweak the system. And there's more tributaries out there we can affect. I mean, uh, the canal system isn't going anywhere. It's uh, 200 years old, you know, great for recreation, commercial shipping still goes on it. But I look at it as like another utility for the canal, you know, uh, that this you know, 200 year old infrastructure is actually affecting modern day uh, businesses, right? And and helping the fishing today, right? So, uh, but it's DEC, it's the local public, and we're just starting to get into those groups, the local Trout Unlimited, the statewide uh, group to get more feedback and get the word out what we're doing and to get, uh, you know, they'll know more of the landowners than we will. I mean, we're, we got a big job just running the canal. And even though we got the money set aside for the ACE program, I think our trial unlimited and those type of groups are going to help us uh, get the word out that, you know, Hey, you got a little piece of land and, you know, can, can you help us out? Yeah. So, so go ahead, Pete. Was, how, do you know, I'm curious, how many, do you know how many vessels navigated the, just the Erie Canal? Like, like last year so we do a traffic report and our lock tenders i mean there's 57 locks on the system there's 35 on the erie canal so i can look in our system and see how many just came to the erie canal i think there were uh just up over seventy thousand lockings uh last year that's how many times the the gates open on our locks so just that's per per lock well, yeah, that's all the locks combined, right? So every time the lock opens, we count that as a locking, right? So you could have one fisherman going back and forth in between a couple locks, okay. you know, account for a lot of them. But uh, so we don't know the boat count on there, but uh, it's pretty darn busy. 
Um, there's never, uh, you're never really going to have to wait too long to get in or out of a lock, but uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting system because you'll go for stretches where you don't need a lock. There's no elevation change. And then you'll go where there are two or three locks to get up over a hill or get down a hill. So uh, it's, uh, it's hard to say how many boats go through. What's the cost? So that the Erie Canal. Yeah, so it's it, the canal system is free. Okay. Uh, we used to have sure. tolls years ago, uh, but uh, we're run by the New York Power Authority now that has three hydroelectric power plants on the system. And we found out when we took the tolls off, uh, uh, boating spiked a little bit. So uh, we are, uh, it's free, it's uh, on demand, and you can uh, you'll open the lock for just one kayak or uh, several boats or, uh, or uh, any boat up to 300 feet. All our locks are 300 feet long and 45 feet wide. Okay. And it's... Uh, Lock is, uh, if you've never been through a lock, it's Leonardo da Vinci's invention, 500-year-old technology. It's all gravity, no pumps or hydraulics. Boat comes in, we pull the plug yep. and, uh, you know, lower them down, or we take the water from the higher elevation and it fills up from the bottom, and it's an elevator for boats. I've only gone through the Welland Canal, yeah, but, yeah. but same but several, several times. Yep, same. Know? So now that, that lock is what, uh, it's, it, you know, it's maybe three, four times the size of our locks, but it's the same same principle. Same it's gravity. Yeah. Same way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're impressive. Like, the, if you go through the well in the canal, I mean, there's a lot of water. Yeah, for well, sure. I mean, when they drain the plug, there's yeah. a lot of water. Coming yeah. In there. Our locks are uh, the 300 feet long and 45 feet wide. So every time, every 10 feet is a million gallons of water. So uh, if we have, uh, like in Lockport, New York, the first lock you'll hit from Lake Erie, mm -hmm. uh, it's a 220-foot lock. So that's five million of water to put you through. Um, but again, I'll it's water you. from Niagara River, and we're just putting it back in the canal. You know, it's, uh, it's uh, efficient. It's big, and, yeah. It's big, yeah. So we're talking about a system that's 200 years old. Uh, you guys just started this fishing program recently. Where do you see the future of the canal system in New York? Where is it going? Well, so I know you're in a good business. It's a great question. So we're actually coming up on, a, on the uh, canal, the Erie Canal's bicentennial. It opened in 1825 and it's been running continuously ever since, right? So the World Canals Conference is coming to Buffalo in 2025. Uh, and we'll have kind of that world stage to kind of show off and talk about our birthday and talk about all the history. But really, we're kind of looking forward on what we can do what other what uh, the fishing program is a really good example of how we're using the old infrastructure for something new and that's where we're going um it connects lake champlain and the hudson river and the atlantic ocean to the great lakes right uh you know water is a pretty darn good resource so uh we're looking you know sustainable practices um you know hydroelectric power there's 27 hydroelectric power plants on the canal system and so uh we're really looking forward i i'm a marketing guy so i don't really know everything that we're doing um i just talk about the the, the successes but um our program reimagine the canals and our partners are really looking forward to the next hundred years and i see it as you know big on recreation the tourism just grows on the canal system all over it's uh, such a different system the champlain canal and the southern adirondacks is so much different than the mohawk valley which is so much different than the western canal out in this area right so uh there's a lot of possibilities for it very good bill appreciate you coming on was there something you wanted to talk about that we didn't ask you so i wanted to say um so you're is it wisconsin are you from wisconsin I, i'm from wisconsin yeah. that's correct uh so you know it's funny you know, when I took this job, I never, you know, what does Wisconsin have to do with the canal, right? right. But uh, years ago, uh, iron ore and products from Wisconsin came down through the Great Lakes and came out through. We'd see boats now sure. from uh, from Wisconsin still on the system that are doing the Great Loop. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, I'm like, 
I'm, we're connected with Wisconsin. Yeah. You know, you, you, I'm from Albany, New York, and I work on the Erie Canal. Like, what would be our connection to that? But the Great Lakes are there, and uh, and we're part of them. So um, sure. I'm glad to be on your show, and awesome. thanks for letting me talk about our programs. Yeah, thanks for coming on. It was really interesting. Yeah. And I told Pete, I'm like, this guy's talking about tributaries. I know that was going to kind of scratch his itch. He yeah. likes talking about the trips. Well, it's like, boy, we're going to have to work for some questions here. But it all, it was great, actually. This was very informative. Oh, that's actually, great. Was, that's uh, great. And I tell you, and it's the opposite for me. I want to go back to Lake Champlain and start like, trolling. Uh, I'll say this stuff all day, but, you know, right. repetitive. This is this is old news, yeah. but it was, it was good news. Towards your biggest salmon, I got to ask you one fishing question. What's yeah. the biggest king salmon you caught in Lake Ontario or a tributary? So, uh, no fish stories. Like, yeah. Shit, okay? <laughs> Actually, the biggest salmon I ever caught was out of the Oswego River. Okay. I mean, Lake Ontario still, yep. but yep. geez, uh, and it's going back a few years. But I remember I had green line on. I had the fluorescent line because my eyes were Don't bad. Friend, and, probably. Yep. And uh, uh, I, I was walking back with that fish, and I had another one on it, and I could hear, oh, there, there's that guy with the green line again. Everybody hated me, but it was a big king. I mean, it's, you know, maybe 30 pounds or something yep. like that, but uh, we were hitting everything that day. It was on one of those days where the light switch went on yep. and everybody's got it on, but that was probably my best day on the river, but uh, um, yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking that. I'm glad I, I got that. Question, <laughs> really good to meet you guys. Thank you. Thanks Thank so you. much. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.